Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. We're here with Michigan radiation oncologist, Dr. Robert Dust, to talk about radiation therapy for prostate cancer patients, in particular brachytherapy. Dr. Dust is an assistant professor of radiation oncology. He received his medical degree at the University of Chicago and completed his residency at University of Michigan, where he has continued on as a faculty member. Bob's area of focus and research are on prostate cancer, lung, and breast cancer. He also serves as the co-lead for prostate cancer within the Michigan Radiation Oncology Quality Consortium, where he works to improve statewide care. Welcome, Bob. Thanks, Scott. Before we get into brachytherapy, can you tell us about the various radiation options for prostate cancer patients? Sure. Uh, at Michigan Medicine, we've taken an approach of uh, multidisciplinary care. So most patients will see myself or a radiation oncologist, um, in addition to a surgeon, to discuss their best options for localized prostate cancer. With respect to radiation itself, there's two big categories. There's external BAME radiation therapy, and that's radiation therapy that's coming from the outside uh, in the form of high-energy x-rays. And then there's internal radiation, and that's known as brachytherapy, and that's delivering radiation from the inside out. And and the brachytherapy is, when you say the inside out, how is that delivered? Um, So those procedures are done under uh, general anesthesia, under ultrasound guidance, um, and their placement of needles or catheters, and it can either be low-dose rate brachytherapy or high-dose rate brachytherapy. And the difference between the two is low-dose rate brachytherapy is the delivering of small radioactive seeds about the size of a grain of rice, and they're dropped off within the prostate and deliver radiation dose over the weeks and months that they're placed in the prostate. High-dose brachytherapy, and that's what I do here at the University of Michigan, is placement of catheters, again under general anesthesia, but actually as a temporary radiation source. And so those catheters go into the patient, and the temporary radiation source goes through those tunnels, stays in the prostate for a matter of minutes, and then goes to the next catheter and delivers the radiation that way. So that when the patient's done with their treatment, they're no longer radioactive. Could you explain a little bit more about the difference between a high-dose and and low-dose brachytherapy? The differences are with low-dose brachytherapy, um, that is a permanent implantation of the radioactive sources. And over the course of weeks and months, those radioactive seeds will then decrease over time their activity, and it treats the prostate cancer over that period of time. High-dose rate brachytherapy, what I do, um, it's a placement of catheters, um, and, and th- that temporary source then goes through the catheter to treat the prostate cancer. And it can be delivered in, in s- several different settings. One, sometimes with more favorable risk cancers, all you need is the internal radiation, the high-dose rate brachytherapy. So that tends to be one procedure or two, most often two procedures separated by a couple of weeks. For certain tumors that, that are still localized to the prostate but are higher risk, often they can be treated with a combination of internal radiation in addition to external beam radiation therapy. So that's usually a procedure first with internal radiation or the brachytherapy followed by 
possibly external beam radiation therapy if it's needed. And often that's given along with hormone therapy or anti-testosterone therapy. The third setting, and a setting that has been growing, is that with the advances of molecular imaging, or the advances of to detect where a prostate cancer is after it's been treated, sometimes we realize that the prostate cancer has come back in the prostate. And so that's a, a setting in which it's called salvage brachytherapy, or salvage high-dose rate brachytherapy, and that's the ability to treat prostate cancer that's come back, but it's only localized, it's localized into the prostate. And so that's taken advantage of new technology that allows us to see where the prostate cancer is and give a, a chance to treat it a second time. It sounds with the internal or brachytherapy options that patients have one, maybe two treatments. Uh, how is that compared to a patient that maybe uh, goes down the path of having external beam radiation? So one of the overriding principles in prostate radiation oncology is that we've tried to develop more convenient, more cost-effective forms of treatment, and that takes the form of both external radiation and internal radiation brachytherapy. And to touch briefly on the external portion of it, we used to treat patients for upwards of eight weeks of treatment, of daily treatments. And that was logistically challenging for some people, particularly people that were coming from a bit of a distance away. And thankfully, we've run um, several trials that have allowed us to shorten most courses of treatment to, at the longest, about a month or four weeks. And some of them we can even deliver in as short as five treatments. And that's from the external beam side. Brachytherapy is similarly convenient. In fact, it could be an extreme version of that. Some patients only need, like you said, two treatments with high-dose rate brachytherapy, and that completes their treatment course. And so each patient is a little bit different, and the decision of external versus internal is complicated. But thankfully, both forms are, are, have become much more convenient over time. At the beginning, you talked about a multidisciplinary team. And during that conversation as this multidisciplinary team, I'm sure you discussed the various options, whether it's external beam, whether it's internal, uh, whether it's a combo or, or salvage, depending on the situation. What are some of the criteria to help determine whether a patient goes down the path of radiation compared to surgery? So thankfully for localized prostate cancer, um, from, a, from the perspective of treating the cancer itself, both surgery and radiation, radiation of multiple forms, internal or external, have very good outcomes. So a lot of times it comes down to one, personal preference. There are certain patients that are very surgically inclined um, that, that naturally hear the word cancer and would like to have surgery. And there's other patients that very much would like to avoid surgery. And so part of it comes into the personal preference of what, of, of what the patient would like what, what seems to make most sense for them. But a lot of times, people are okay with either one of the treatment options and really are looking for both the surgeon and myself to help walk them through the various likelihood of, of, of side effect profile. And thankfully, both options often have very good outcomes. Um, but the things that we focus on are, are side effects in terms of the bothering the urinary system, the bowel system, and sexual function. Those are the three big domains that people worry about and side effects of their prostate cancer treatment. Whether it's external beam or internal, 
low dose, high dose brachytherapy. How has technology changed for radiation in treating patients with prostate cancer? I know, at least for diagnosing prostate cancer, there's a lot of new technology to be able to, to really pinpoint where the tumor is. How is, has technology changed from a radiation standpoint in order to really protecting other areas and just getting to that one spot in the prostate? So I'll start a little bit on the external beam side and, and talk about brachytherapy as well. We've made a lot of progress over the past several decades, frankly, but the backbone has been, one, we have transitioned from historical two-day-based treatment planning, where we really couldn't see even the soft tissue inside the body, to now truly understanding where the prostate is relative to the bladder, relative to the rectum. And the whole idea is you want to give radiation where it should go and avoid the surrounding structures. So truly just being able to see inside the prostate hit was a big step forward. The things recently that have allowed us even more progress on the radiation front is, number one, the abilities to use fiducials, things like we call gold seeds is one way to do it, to actually place into the prostate to be able to see where the prostate is, not only on the original treatment plan, but actually every day when we deliver radiation. And so that gives us confidence that not only are we designing a good plan, but we're delivering that plan every day. Another advance recently has actually the use of, of spacers, of temporary uh, materials that degrade over the months after they're placed. Um, they're placed in an uh, in-office procedure, but it gives us a little bit more space between the prostate and the rectum, and that allows for lower dose to go to the rectum and higher dose to go to the prostate. And so those are principles just with external beam that, as we talked about, we've gotten shorter and shorter treatments. It's been really been those ability to design a good plan, execute that plan every day, and then do it with the best space that we have that has allowed us to shorten those treatments. And then we use some of those similar principles with the internal radiation or brachytherapy. And so much of what I do is, is ultrasound-based, and so that's what allows me to see the prostate. But I actually am able to bring in the patient's uh, information from their MRI that they've had to know exactly where the tumor is relative to the urethra, the tube that urine goes through. And we treat the whole prostate um, because there are parts of the tumor that you can't see, um, but it allows us to really make sure that we're focusing on the area that we can see and focus the radiation where it, where it needs to go. When we look at these different procedures, external beam, internal, are those available at, at any radiation therapy center? Or what's the difference between going to someone in the community compared to coming to like an academic medicine location? Now, there's good do doctors across the state. That I am convinced of. But one thing that I think is in really important in radiation oncology is the entire team. Um, we work with nursing. We work with dosimetry, which are radiation planners. We have a physics team. We have radiation therapists that actually deliver the radiation. And a whole host of other people that help us with their job. And so whether it's in the community or academic, I think it's really important to be a part of a great team. And I think uh, we're lucky to have that here in Michigan. The second thing is I, I, I feel lucky in my job. I actually get a chance to work out in the community at Brighton and uh, both in the academic center doing my procedures. And the procedures sometimes are labor intensive and also required certain shielding and, and rooms that are only available here. Um, so there's some care that certainly is appropriate for academic settings. But it's exciting to deliver. We have a great brand new radiation machine in Brighton and we have our same 
physics staff that we have down at the main campus. And so we're lucky to be able to deliver care throughout the state that, that really is good, high-quality radiation. And so some of the question of, of community versus academic really has to do with the resources required to deliver the radiation. There's lots of different machines and equipment out there. You hear ads for CyberKnife, for example. If a patient were to come in and say, I want to have CyberKnife, what do you say to them? So what I do is I first try to uh, separate the brand from the treatment technique. And what a lot of times when people are talking about treatments like CyberKnife, what they're really talking about is high doses per fraction or stereotactic radiation. And there's different ways in which that can be delivered, but really what that involves is having highly conformal, um, high doses of radiation that have fall off very quickly related to the organs that are around the prostate. And we deliver the same type of radiation, high-dose radiation, VR linear, linear accelerators. And so I first just try to understand, are they really talking about a certain brand or a treatment technique? And then I also take a step back and ask myself, just in general, is this patient appropriate for more fractionated radiation therapy, a longer course of radiation therapy, or perhaps they're appropriate for brachytherapy or internal radiation. And so it's a conversation that we have with, with our patients and, and really really to get a heart of what their question is and divine, design a good radiation plan for them. How do you come up with that, that plan? Is it just asking questions or is it looking at their whole medical history? How do you kind of get to that personalized plan? You know, we touched on it a little bit with, with the surgical patients as well, is um, there's different treatments that have different side effects. For example, um, external radiation, you're awake, you're not asleep. And so one of the things that with brachytherapy or internal radiation, I need to make sure that they're safe for anesthesia. So that's a simple thing that we talk about as an example. The other thing, it's a, it's a procedure. And so you have needles and catheters that are going into the prostate. And so one of the things we look at is what is the prostate size and what is the anatomy of the prostate? Does that allow us to do what we need to do to deliver the radiation? Another thing is, how is their urinary function? How is the flow of the urine? Sometimes when you're doing a procedure, you need to make sure that they have good baseline function and able to get them through the procedure. But a lot of it comes down to personal preference whether and, and logistics and, and how we can deliver the radiation therapy that best works with their life. As far as prostate cancer, we've talked about how you kind of put your plan together, the options that are available for patients. What's the future for radiation therapy for prostate cancer patients? Uh, Whether it be a different kind of treatment, whether it be clinical trials, what does that look like? I I think that the prostate cancer space, I'm biased, I'll admit that, but it's incredibly exciting. And I, I think we... We have two principles in radiation oncology and surgery and medical oncology. It's either improving quantity or quality of life or both. And so in the future, I, I think w- with respect to radiation, you know, number one, I think we'll continue to focus on shorter, more convenient, more cost-effective treatments that limits the side effects of the internal organs. There's no question that will continue. But I think we'll learn a lot more about the genomics of prostate cancer, better understand which patients 
are at risk of their cancer spreading and maybe need more intensified treatments, or maybe cancer patients that are less aggressive and maybe can even safely defer their treatment. But I think we'll understand not only the aggressiveness of the tumor, but also perhaps there are tumors that are better served with radiation therapy, very radiation sensitive, and perhaps there's tumors that or prostate cancers that are better served with surgery. And so we may have better information to help us provide guidance to which patients will benefit from which treatments. The other thing that I, I think is exciting in prostate cancer is that we're learning more and more that about the benefit of even prostate cancer that has spread outside of the prostate, whether that's to the lymph nodes uh, or to the other bony parts of the body. We're learning more and more about the benefits of treating the prostate itself in that setting and also treating areas where it's spread to. And so I think radiation therapy is having a growing role not only in, in localized prostate cancer, but also other prostate cancer disease states. It's an exciting time to be in the position that I'm in. Well, Bob, I really appreciate the time. I think this is valuable information as it relates to various different treatment options for patients with prostate cancer, particularly around the radiation therapy. As we wrap up, what's the big takeaway that you would want someone to have from after this talk today? So I think the the big takeaway for men with localized prostate cancer is they have options. And that one of the things that makes me excited to be a physician in radiation oncology is we get to be a big part of their treatment team. And so radiation therapy, prostate cancer treatment in general, it it can be very confusing. there seems to be very many treatment options, and the degree of risk can span from you don't even need your prostate cancer treated right now to we need to be, do multiple treatments. But but I want prostate cancer patients to know that they have options, and that it's I view very seriously our job is to help na- them navigate what base, best treatment options are for them. Well, again, thank you for the time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening, and tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at umrogocancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org. 